Well, we know it's been wet and wild and crazy out there, but the sun's out today. It's going to rain again tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next. I do know one thing. Rain or shine, sleet, snow, hail. If they've got power, there's one place in Chico that has shelter, food, water, beer, wine, and happy hour. That's the handlebar. Yeah, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street on the south end of town here in Chico. Uh, They've been longtime advertisers here on our show. We stand by them. I was there within the past week. We'll be there within the next week. It's a great beer selection. Yeah, like you said, they've got a beautiful indoor, beautiful outdoor situation. Regardless of what the weather's doing, you can count on great beers, uh, especially during their happy hour. Like you said, Johnny, seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m., a dollar off any of those draft beers. Again, that's the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out, and here's our show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show and YouTube channel and fun hangout of good times uh, based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. You said that like Sephora and like so fun Sephora, hangout hangout. Of, of good times and funs. Yes. Hi, I'm Johnny Summers. Uh, this week on the show, we're covering Out of Darkness. It's a prehistoric survival thriller, which is a genre I invented um, from director Andrew Cumming in his feature film debut, The film follows a group of nomads after landing on the shore of new land and in search for a new life. Their hopes are quickly snuffed out once a member of their tribe is stolen away in the night by someone or something. But before we give you our thoughts on that, here's the beers we're reviewing this week. Johnny Summers, let them know. Our featured brewery this week is Brujos Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. The first beer we're going to be doing is called Thou. It is a triple West Coast IPA that is 10.2%. Second one is called Bird Point. It's a collab with Horace, and it is an Imperial Stout that is 14%. Where did we get the beers for the show? Uh, They were donated this week by Philip James. He gave us the stout again. Two weeks in a row. He's still just digging himself out of that raw-shaped hole. (laughs) Uh, and then uh, Brian Gonzalez gave us the triple IPA at the last bottle share we did. Wonderful. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Saturday afternoon. On the radio version of our show today, you'll be hearing the majority of the episode, which will eventually include spoilers for Out of Darkness. If you haven't seen the film yet and you don't want it spoiled, I would encourage you to come back and finish up our conversation in podcast form after seeing the movie. That version of the show includes the always unpredictable hot and bothered segment, which is exclusive to our podcast listeners. It's uh, how we end the show each week by catching up with each other, discussing everything from the latest movies we've seen off the show to fun beers we've tried. Yeah. To find the episode in its entirety, go search for Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, any other major podcast platform. We've released new episodes every Friday since 2016, which means since you're hearing this on a Saturday, it's available to all of you listening on KZFR right now. If you like the show, go please take five seconds and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and definitely, absolutely let us know you did that. Give us a text to brag or with feedback about the show, whatever you want, 530-433-0839. Again, the number for this show you're listening to right now is 530-433-0839. To hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. Yeah, or head over to our other website, uh, or at least the website that we use, patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. It's how we keep our show running. You can give us a couple bucks a month, and in return, we give you access to monthly bonus episodes, or sometimes, I'll say sporadic 
sporadic bonus episodes. We do them fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, invites to our events, like our bar hang we just had that we might talk about in Hot and Bothered this week. It's a it's a very symbiotic relationship. If you enjoy our show, it's one of the um, most direct paths to put money in our pockets to keep it going. And we sure do appreciate it. Um, again, that's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Do we have any other Patreon housekeeping? I don't think so. Okay, then you're, this, this is a brewery that... I've only recently heard about, but you know more, and I would love for you to inform anybody else that was sort of in the dark like me. Pun intended for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brewhouse, Portland, Oregon. Their About Me section on their website is really kind of non-existent, so I pulled up an article about them from newschoolbeer.com that came out late last year. Um, essentially, they're an occult and black metal-themed brewery. That's your alley already. Yep. This is great. Exactly. The brewer's name is Sam Zermenio. Uh, he is the sorcerer behind Brewhouse Brewing. In 2022, Zermenio was able to strike up a deal with Great Notion to release the first canned and legit non-collaboration beer release under the name Brewhouse Brewing. That year, they were featured at the New Schools Org- New Schools New Oregon Breweries Showcase with the first two official beers out of the gate. Uh, they eventually purchased the former Hammer and Stitch Brewing Facility as a turnkey brew house with taproom with a patio and all that fun stuff. Uh, Brewhouse anticipates hosting canned beer drops on the patio uh, with food trucks as early as last fall, but likely not opening the full brew pub to the public until spring of this year. So maybe within I, the next few months. I didn't realize they were this new. They're brand new. Like, what is the hype? Why do I think they're so hyped up? Is it just from you or is, like, is that sort of the general consensus of people in our area that drink beer? I'm pretty high on them. There's not many people that are turned on to them around here. Um, Philip James is the one that really turned me on to him. And then Keith Beck is super into him. He's brought beers down from there and shared them with us. Uh, it's just one of those kind of new up and coming breweries that's been, you know, he did a, like a can release at a brewery he worked at. He did a collab with them. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's just been kind of in the works and it filtered its way down through the Portland beer scene to my ears in Chico. And luckily the beer is doing the same thing. Well, Okay, I'm stoked to get into the first one. Um, safe to assume that we are doing things as usual, or we'll do a, a light beer first. Thank you so much, and yeah. then and then a and then a heavier beer. So I'm guessing we're starting on the the lighter ABV side. Yeah, this is definitely the lower ABV today, though. It's called Thou. It's a West Coast Triple IPA. They make it very clear on the can and on the internet that it is a West Coast Triple IPA. Clearly they make labeled. The beer clear. Thank, yeah. Thank right. you for that. Right. Appreciate right. that. It's well documented. Uh, it is 10.2 percent. So a nice little light, easy drinker to start the day. Triple West Coast IPA featuring Superdelic, Simcoe, Citra Incognito, Citra, Chinook, Mosaic, and Mosaic Lupamax. It's a good-looking beer. It is a good-looking beer. I mean, look, I mean, look at that thing. It's a good-looking can, too. Yeah, you want to uh, – well, you can hold up the can for your camera spooky. if you want. It's super spooky. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked. 10.2%. Um, triple IPAs can be a little, uh, a little iffy. And also for, for you two people and for you, Johnny, yeah, the closer it is to your face, the closer that can will be in focus. <laughs> Um, Everything's backwards. I don't know what's yeah. happening. I'm I'm stoked. Have you had this particular beer before? No, I've had a few different ones from them at shares and stuff, but these two I have not consumed. Okay, and I don't think you've had your first taste. So as you take it, I'm just going to fill a little more time here. I'm also going to read the reaction on your face, which is minimal. There it is. Oh, he's yeah. a fan. Tell me more. Oh, that's nice. It is a triple IPA that tastes like a really good West Ooh. Coast IPA. This just turned up. There's no added sweetness. There's really, you know, some triple IPAs can get so cloying and gross and just like sickly sweet to hide the alcohol. This yes. one is just that West Coast coming through so hard. 
I'm loving this already. I'm just stealing the can real quick. Um, because there's a canny date on the bottom, mm-hmm. which is, um, I mean, obviously it's not old. To, what's today's date, man? It is the 12th of okay, February. Yeah. This was canned on, on the 4th of January. Okay. So yeah, like a month old. Perfect. Just, just a little more than that. Um, I had my first drink as well. Super good. Super hop forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some sweetness from the alcohol, but I'm not averse to that sort of thing. I think already off the off the blocks, very much a fan of what I'm tasting. Yes, absolutely. It's super clean. The hop presence is there in a big, big way. I mean, it's very punchy, hoppy. There's no mistaking that this is a West Coast, which I love. The other thing, too, is we've done a bunch of beers that have a ton of hop varietals in them. You mean like like a, like a bunch of different ones? Yes. Like throwing everything at the kitchen mm-hmm. sink? About the kitchen you sink. know, and I think you're pretty well documented that like you don't like that sometimes. It can get- It's hard it can, to do it right. Like things get muddled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets really dicey and the, the just gets too smashed together. Muddled's a great word. Yeah. And the hot presence just comes across as being just confused and not cohesive and makes it a really not fun, like not fun or enjoyable, delicious drinking experience. Whereas this, man, this slaps. This is yeah. The one upside that I will make a case for for those beers, especially when it comes to triple IPAs that are still using way too many hops, um, like is that like you can still get a good buzz off of your beer. But it's kind of a sad day when that is the talking point that you're making for your beer. Well, whereas, got me drunk. Whereas something like this is like, it's <laughs> I mean, it's a pint can. If we drank this, either of us by ourselves, we'd be feeling, we'd be feeling it. Feeling some kind of way. But that's not what I'm thinking about while I'm drinking. I'm thinking about how good it tastes. Yeah. And that's a hard, that's a really, really hard balance to strike. And mm-hmm. they've done a really good job so far. Is there anything you don't like about this? Not much. No. N- nitpick for me. Mm, it's hard. Okay. It's, it's really hard. You got nothing nothing jumping out to you is uh, like really get get in there. There I mean, I don't know. I feel like there might be something. It is hot. I mean, yeah. that's the heat is sure. the number one thing. Like you, sure. you smell it. It smells hot. You and can't then, get mad at a zebra for being striped. You exactly. Know what I, mean? I don't know. That's I made that up, but uh, I could have come up with a better one. But that's I see your right. point. Yeah, like it's, you know, it's hot. It, sure. It's yeah, 10.2%. But, but it drinks so clean. It doesn't burn. It doesn't have that heat going down. I'm finding it very hard to nitpick this beer. I'm finding it difficult, mm-hmm. but not impossible. All right, what do you got? It's a little too sweet. Really? Yeah, a little bit. See, I'm not getting that at all. Well, okay, so it's like there's there's the hoppiness through and through for mm-hmm. sure, but there is inherent sweetness with the the alcohol of it. And I, you know, like it's just, and I'm really, really picking nits here. Mm-hmm. It's a really good beer. Yeah. It's not quite perfect because there's something there that's just like leaving me a little bit a little bit backing off of it. There's yeah. still, I mean, there's still this much in my glass. How much is left in that can, by the way? Um, maybe two ounces. Oh, you all wanna, right. You I just... mean, I'd like to split it with you if you don't mind. Are you? It feels like well, I thought maybe you're taking a lot. Of things. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's great. That was the most dangerous pour right over our computers. We were both just like, dump it. Hope nothing spills. <laughs> Living dangerously, man. I really, really dig it. That's my one kind of minor nitpick. This is an incredible beer. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned. And the world of triple IPAs is concerned. This is world class. Yeah, I mean, just fantastic. Are you ready to give it a rating, or do you want to? You want to talk more about it? I think I'm ready. Okay, Johnny Summers, out of ten, thou. What is thou for? For thou. Sorry about that one. Hmm. I can't see any reason for it not to be a ten. I really can't. I it's, can't. Either. I mean, for you, I can't I, either. Yeah. It's got to be. No, it is uh, exemplary in the style. It's the best West Coast IPA of the triple variety that I've had in a long, long time. Um, it's got that new school mentality. It's got 
all the right hops. They all work together. It's crisp. It's clean. It drinks clean. I'm not getting that sweetness. This is the new bar for West Coast Triple IPAs. It's been set. It's really, really good. For me, it's a nine just because that's as high as I go without hitting a perfect score. Mm -hmm. It's just a little sweet on the back end, just a bit. Um, It's fantastic. I would love to have this again. I'm I'm big shout out to Brian for – um, despite our odds of not getting back to him over and over again. Uh, thanks for making it happen. He was persistent. You got to love that. Yeah, and he brought it to us at our own event, yeah. which is like, I feel well, like a guaranteed time that we're going to be somewhere. So well, that's I mean, a good point. He was playing the odds. He he bet correctly. He did. Um, all right, you got anything else on this beer? It's fantastic. Uh, they're officially on my radar. They have been for a while. Sure. But definitely. now after tasting this and just having it added to the pool of knowledge I have about them, Next time I'm in Portland, this is a must visit. Hopefully they have their tap room open by the time I'm up there again. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've tried anything from Brujos and you couldn't agree or disagree more with our evaluations, please do get in touch. Let us know. Um, You can leave a voicemail. You can send a text. Our number is 530-433-0839. We both love feedback. Um, Again, our number, 530-433-0839. And hey, if you like the show, help us out. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, please. Yeah. It only takes a couple seconds. It's one of the most effective ways to help us get our show out there in front of new potential listeners. Incoming is a trailer for Out of Darkness. Are we playing a trailer? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It might be pretty quiet and also in a foreign language. Screw it. Let's play a trailer. Okay, here comes a trailer that you won't understand unless you speak ancient English languages. Don't go anywhere. Panarashum teesin barafin and susulardes. Mi hantarump. Laukatakut. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. It's a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're sadly going to be missing out on some solid gold that's available exclusively to our podcast listeners. So if you'd like to hear the whole episode, please go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It is currently available for your streaming pleasure. It's also available on YouTube. Just go nuts. For your watching pleasure. For your watching pleasure. So at the end of this, if you're just dying to know what hot and bothered is all about the rest of the show that you haven't heard please go watch or listen all right so again you probably didn't understand a word in that trailer and to be perfectly honest i uh, haven't pre-screened that trailer i'm not even sure (laughs) if there's words that are said if there were you didn't speak them probably but it was a trailer for out of darkness a film that johnny's what if you do like who are you Uh, yeah what is your lineage and how did you arrive like what are you up to evolutionarily speaking today whatever this was a johnny pick it's a horror movie um and and the trailer does say and you wouldn't have heard this but it says in text uh from the people that brought you like it follows and it comes at night Mm -hmm. and another movie do you remember what it was it was another horror movie that i was like oh i like this movie so hereditary it was not hereditary uh, it was something. The point yeah. is, it's a scary movie that I probably wouldn't have seen, but then I saw that, and Johnny was like, we should cover it. And Letterboxd has this to say. They say, the dawn of man, the birth of fear, to keep up with our uh, 
our letterboxed one-liner starting things that we did after our movie reviews, mm -hmm. or top 10. Uh, in the old Stone Age, a disparate gang of early humans band together in search of a new land, but when they suspect a malevolent, mystical being is hunting them down, the clan are forced to confront a danger they never envisaged. This was uh, the feature film debut from director Andrew Cumming with a screenplay by Ruth Greenberg, and it stars the following people. Safia Oakley-Green, she plays Bea. She is, um, she, what do you think, maybe 13, 14-year-old mm -hmm. girl who's part of this clan. She's not She's not um, biologically related to them. They've, she's a stray. They make it very clear she's a stray mm -hmm. um, and tagging along for survival. The clan is led by this dude named Adem, who's played by Chukamudu. And let's see, there's another fellow named Gare, who is played by Kit Young. He's another... Um, Young man. Yeah, he's like the beta male. In the he's, throes of not quite adulthood. He's like second in command. Totally. He's got a spear, but he's smaller and younger. He, like, he's still got to prove himself, yeah. but like, whatever. Um, another person we should note is um, Ave, and that's played by Ola Evans. Uh, and there's another fellow who is old, and I don't have him in front of me, but he's old. That's his whole thing. He's like an elder that came to the new land. Mm -hmm. That's And that's who he is. Came to uh, United States theaters on February 24th. Uh, it runs 87 minutes long. Johnny and I both saw it in the theater because it is not available anywhere to stream yet. It's you can, If you want to, you can pre-order it for um, rent or purchase on video on demand. And that's kind of the setup, man. Do um, you want to take it away? What do you think of this? Well, I knew it was going to be uh, like a prehistoric. Thank you for keeping that going. I'd You're like welcome. to make that. A, it's a thing. Prehistoric. 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 It's like prehistoric. The prehist horror. Ick. The pre. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We knew it was going to be that. Yes. And the question was, you know, how do they pull it off? Do they go supernatural? Do they go alien? Do they go slasher? What angle and avenue of horror are they going to go down? Uh, and it ended up being. A ton of suspense with elements of um, what seems to be supernatural horror at first. Yes. Um, ends up, you know, kind of a bit more. Oh, yeah. Different. Different. It's not just that, maybe. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, this movie made some choices in the third act that really, depending on your take, can either tie the movie together or really just kind of make it not as cohesive. And for me... It made it not as cohesive. It changes the movie. It changed the entire movie, which I mean, like it's a choice. They wanted that to happen, right? So 100%. that's at the end. Yeah, yes. You're like, pivot, quick 180, whatever. To me, it really disrupted the flow of the movie and it made it feel very not a cohesive piece of art. Um, I think it's a fair read. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So I liked this movie. I didn't love it. I think there were some fantastic moments of just pure suspense walking through the forest alone with a wooden spear in the dark and pitch, you know, complete silence. Yeah. So good. There were definitely moments that got my heart racing and I loved when it leaned into the horror elements of its existence. But as a whole, I think it ended with trying to have too much of a message uh, and it was heavy handed and it felt very shoehorned and forced into the themes an overall vibe of the movie. So a, a for sure case of it just not sticking the landing. So didn't love it. Out of 10, where are you at? It's like a 6.6. .6. Okay. So I, like I was going in with high hopes. I'm a big fan of folk horror. Yes, like, me too. Like anytime a group of people goes into a forest and are being like 
scared by something in that forest. I think it's great. Those are often like, like religious cult movies or, or just like old scary stories of like, like, um, what's the, like a Wendigo. There's, yeah, or the witch or the witch, the witch. Yeah. The witch. There's like, there's a movie called, um, called, uh, Antichrist. No, no. In this case, not Antichrist. Um, it's not called the lodge. I don't think the ritual, the ritual. Yeah. The ritual, Love like that a group movie. of friends, it, you know exactly what we're talking to commemorate the death of their friend. They go and they do this trail that he wanted to hike. And then it turns out they're like, you know, it's like, they're all scared in the forest. And then as an audience, we're like, makes sense. Surely it's in their heads. And then it's not, it's like a crazy Wendigo, I think is what it is. That was such a good movie. I I love it's good, Mm -hmm. dude. And it's just ratchets up tension in, in, in the way that this movie does the same. And I agree with you. There's a choice that is made, but yeah, about two thirds of the way through when you get to our third act and it's like, it changes the movie quite a bit. I didn't have as much of a hard time with that. I think it's a little bit on the nose, the the message and the metaphor the movie ends up driving home by the end. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, an interesting route to explore because it makes you question kind of, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can say anything yet, but like it questions our idea of monsters and the unknown. And I think that's a really provocative idea and something that has transcended most of human history. So I don't think it's a coincidence that this doesn't take place in like the 1600s. Like this is early, early human, mm-hmm. like biologically early human where maybe there's, I don't even say anymore. That's fine. Um, the suspense works when it, um, attempts to, for the most part, it drags a lot in the first two thirds. It's only a 90 minute movie, but the first 45 minutes felt like it could have ended and yeah. then it takes a turn. So pacing issues, um, factored in like, it's a solid, you know, it's like a solid six. I, I'll watch what the director does next. Um, not blown away by any means. Um, I was going in hoping it would be like maybe my favorite or potentially like I would, would have thought like, well, this might be my favorite horror movie of the year. It's nowhere near that. Yeah. Uh, even though we're in February, like I, I meant like in the course of what you just, was to come. You, you're fairly confident you're going to see a better horror movie this year. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm glad I saw it. It's, it's not a movie that I probably would have sought out on my own mm-hmm. had you not suggested it. Um, yeah, in the first place. So it's a great, fun, fun enough watch, um, not from an uplifting perspective, but like I love being a little scared and a little tense in the movie theater. Just didn't quite stick the landing. There was a moment early on where not it wasn't the choice that we're speaking about in the third act. Okay. There was a decision made around a campfire. From a from a film writing perspective or from a character perspective? Both. Oh, uh, yeah. It, let's just say it led to a really awkward dinner. Do you feel okay telling people what it is, or is it too spoilery? I don't. Th- I don't know. It happened pretty early in the movie. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I think. I. It's a spoiler. We okay. shouldn't. All right. Um. But, all right. Yeah, that was a wild choice. Any other uh, notable scenes for you? Like, and this is kind of a tough one to talk about without giving away what sort of is going on. Mm-hmm. Um. Any performances stick out more than other ones for you? Yeah, I really liked. Sophia Oakley Green as Bea. She had a real um, a sort of sleeper cell vibe about her when she starts making choices of her own as a character. Mm-hmm. There's also something to be said there for the um, – there, there's a lot of talk, maybe not literally talk, but but the movie seems to be interested in um, women's autonomy quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and that character is the primary vessel for those messages. Mm-hmm. And she goes at one point from being a fairly passive participant in this journey to to very, very much the decision maker. Mm-hmm. And I think when she rises to that role, her character becomes a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed her in the, like the second and third act of just yes. Yeah, you're right. Sleeper cell vibes. Like she got activated, <laughs> and so let's do oh, it. Oh, it's go time. Okay. There was a moment, and and you can tell me if this rings true to you. There was a moment in this film where I thought, well, I spent a lot of time in the theater thinking of or trying to remember the name of the director of Bone Tomahawk mm. and uh, Brawl and Cell Block. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Is that what it was? I don't know. Um, and I couldn't think of his name. Um, but there's a particular scene and a decision that is made that is along the lines of what we would consider now fairly taboo, Mm -hmm. but it reminded me of a scene from Bone Tomahawk. And I was like, Mm -hmm. is it the same director? Because like, this is weird and dark and I wouldn't be surprised. Do you know who it is by chance? That's uh, S. Craig Zoller. S. Craig Zoller. I was saying Craig in my mind. I was saying like, damn, or Craig. And I couldn't remember anything else. S. Craig Zoller, that lunatic. (laughs) Did you like Bone Tomahawk? Yeah. I liked it until I didn't, man. Yeah, there. I mean, Just, there was some defining moments that'll really split the room in that movie. And there's one of those in this movie as well. Yep. I saw, um, I saw a a youth in this movie with her family. She was probably like ten. That's too young. I was like, "What are you? Yeah, like, what are you doing in here?" And I was like, her mom was like sniffing the whole time, like in a really obnoxious, like, <laughs> like every minute, like blow your nose or leave. I don't even know if that's. I thought it was so extreme. I thought maybe it was like an oxygen machine. Mm. I looked over and I couldn't find an oxygen machine, so I was staying jaded about it. But you should. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you got anything else before we get into spoilers? No. On uh, on out of darkness. Okay. Then I will say my spiel once again. You've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema again, possibly on KZFR ninety point one FM. If you have thoughts on anything we've discussed on the show so far today, please do get in touch. Again, our number is 530-433-0839. I suppose I'll add this too. You can add a comment um, in the – in. I don't know if we're going to even check these. We might. You can add a comment if you're watching on YouTube. You can say how handsome Johnny looks in his red plaid shirt. Obviously. Um, that goes a long way. Um, or you can send us an email, fhccast at gmail.com. As um, your second to last warning here, when we come back, we'll be discussing this film, Out of Darkness, with spoilers. Um, again, just if you haven't seen it yet, you should know that. So don't touch that dial or that internet browser or that cell phone pause play button on your Spotify or Apple podcast, because we will be right back with the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. We're here. As a final warning, if you haven't seen Out of Darkness, we're spoiling it, and uh, you can see it in theaters. That's kind of your only option at this point. So, I, would you do you see tell people to see it or no? I enjoyed it. I think it's worth a watch, especially if you're a big fan of like the horror genre. Um, yeah, I maybe would wait until it's available at home. You don't think there's something to be said for seeing it in a theater in a dark room where like it's even kind of maybe scarier? Mm, unless you can go alone. No, you I mean, mean in an empty theater? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, I get that too. There's, I mean, if people are in there sniffing and whatever, fair no, enough. No, I would have been just as impacted by this sitting at home watching it in the dark. All right, that's fair. My my at home viewing experience has been a little bit different for a few weeks, so I don't think of that. For me, it's like, oh, the theater is a reprieve of just like pure silence and cinematic sort of. Yeah. Um, but fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I've got a you know fairly quiet house and also have a screening room that I can isolate myself in. I forget about that room. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. I, I I'm pretty well set up to watch movies at home and let them hit me. I like watching scary movies in the dark mm-hmm. alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. I bet. Okay. Spoilers inbound. Out of darkness. How do you want to start this? So they they ate that guy. Okay. So right. So so Adem quickly um, in a very heroic sort of blaze of. Glory decides to run into the forest and sh- his son is taken away, right? Yeah. He, Haron. Haron. 
is taken quickly in the night by this monster. He's like, we're going to get my son. And he charges into the forest. And at this point, we haven't seen really the monster. Like we've seen like it cover the camera. Like we've seen, we've seen like this happen mm-hmm. in front of the screen. Yeah, like that's all we know. It's very shadowy, implied humanoid type creature. The movie at its best, I think, mm-hmm. is this is, and that's the case in a lot of horror. It's like, it's the most effective when you can't see the thing that is scary. Cause often when you see the scary thing, it's not as scary anymore. Yeah. He charges, whatever, gets destroyed in a way that now doesn't make sense for yeah. knowing what the monster is. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. But like he comes or, or, um, Greg, Gare, Gare, Gare goes out and, and tries to get him and brings him back to the camp. And his, his lower jaw is ripped off. Yeah. It's not gone, but it's like dislocated and just, it's been way like, down below, like, like ripped yeah. from his, you know, it's ripped. Yeah. It's like ripped down the middle and Oops. down and down. Yeah. How do you, exp- well, fine, whatever. He dies and they have to make a decision. They're so hungry for food and they're like, we got to eat him. Well, they and put he- him out of his misery. That's an important point too. Not they, Bea. Bea yeah. puts him out of his misery. Yeah, Gear was going to do it. And then he's like, I can't. And it was what, maybe 10 minutes before Adam was getting pretty rapey with uh, with Bea. Well, so that's the whole thing. Yeah, he's he and a couple of them said this to her, like you're for whatever purpose we need. Yeah. And they said it almost like it's a popular slogan of the time. Like, mm-hmm. strays are for the purposes we need. Like, it's on a bumper sticker. Yeah. And certainly, yeah, he's like, you know, like, my current baby mama is not doing hot. So if she dies, God yeah. forbid, you know, you've now you've now begun menstruation. Yeah, she they, he made it quite clear that she was going to fulfill whatever purposes he saw fit. Uh, so when the time came to put him as out, out of his misery, Gare was like, no, I can't. And then you just see her <laughs> like, up. I'll She's do like, it. I can. It's like, I'm on it. Yeah. Um, yeah so and then, and then they do. And then they have to eat. And she's like, let's eat him. She's like, yeah, we have He's something the worst, to eat kind now. of. Um, so they eat him. And that's a pretty divisive scene. I can see. You know, I mean, it's like really go. It wasn't graphically violent. It auditorily. It had great sound design because it you just see Bea because no one else wants to you know chop up their buddy sure obviously sure um, again she is game so he's he's game and he's in, he's she's the, the hunter he's game right all right that's fair um, but yeah you heard her you know just butchering him um, and then the cut to just a hunk of meat over the fire <laughs> like not I don't want to dwell on this but like. Not appetizing. And I think there's probably a way to cut, you know, if you have to eat human meat, like you can make it look better than it did in this movie. Well, she was cutting it with a sharp rock, sir. But it looked like, it looked like gristle. Like what part of that dude was not fully chiseled and like lean, delicious filet minhuman? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know. It looked very greasy. And And then when they were eating it, it looked like, it looked like (laughs) so gross. It looked like brisket almost. Like. Like they're really fatty, like shredded just, beef. Vibe. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't often really get that interested in like this sort of thing when it comes to movies. But like sometimes I wonder like what they're actually eating on set sometimes and mm-hmm. what they're because this is a really particular. Like the props department here had to be like, all right, like what do we have for reference? If I had to guess, I would say dark meat rotisserie chicken. I mean, maybe the yeah. way it kind of flaked apart 
and like um there was one point where oh. the gear buried some in the ground and her face was all greasy it looked like rotis yeah it was yeah it was whatever it yeah. was bad though so, very divisive scene. Totally. I could see that turning a lot of people off because it was very graphic violence segued into immediate cannibalism. Like that's just a one-two punch that just, okay, this movie's swinging hard right now. Totally. And at this point, we're still like, we're still very much in the belief that there's this monster out there trying to hunt them. And and then that is fairly quickly in the next maybe 15 to 20 minutes on screen, um, you know, evaporates as a theory. But not before some weird stuff has happened. So like this monster has drug a kid out of their camp and away from them at a speed so fast. Nobody, these very fit people could not find them. Mm -hmm. Then also like we see bodies get dragged away a lot and this dude's face has been mauled. So it's like clearly something. And then there's a reveal and maybe you could explain the reveal. Yeah. So, uh, eventually the old man and Ave decide that they have to sacrifice Bea to like appease, to appease the, the demon. Of course, as you do. <laughs> Their logic is like, what if we just give him this kid, you know? Uh, and she fights back. She ends up snapping the old man's leg. And uh, <laughs> or before that, the old man stabs Ave. Oh, yeah. The pregnant lady. It's not, it just, it's not a good look. There's a lot of betrayal happening so fast. Um, so she's kind of bails out of there. And then when Gear comes to find, because uh, that all Cause, happens. Because oh, he got hit by, he. they like, you're right, you're saying it. You're saying it just as well as I'm stuttering it. So oh, this all took place in kind of a tar pit where this quote unquote demon thing obviously hung out. A lot of bones, a lot right. of gristle. A right. lot of feeding ground for a sure. A lot of rotisserie chicken went down. A lot there. of it. So Gear comes back to there. To try and well, because he's the only one that didn't sort of because there's four of them at this point. He wasn't down to sacrifice Baya. No, like old man's talking to Baya like we have to look. The only the monster started coming around when you got your period, basically. So we have to make this. It can smell you. Yeah. I can smell you. It's like what are you saying, you yeah. weirdo? Seriously. But then Ave, the pregnant woman, you know, body checks around. him. Yeah, yeah. And then whatever, Gear tries to help, but he gets knocked out with his head on a rock or something. Yeah. Then they drag her to the sacrificial feeding pit, and then everything goes sideways. Um, Ave gets stabbed and then the by old, the old dude by the old dude uh, and then Bea snaps the old dude's leg with a rock pretty so, pretty uh, that was a pretty graphic one that was and then Bea's out she's like you're down you're down yep. I'm out and but she like leaves to watch mm -hmm. right like, she doesn't like leave leave I thought I mean I thought that was a choice like she decided like I'm gonna learn more about the thing that's been hunting us and then she uses Gara's bait which was great did you think it was like like proper bait Oh yeah. You don't think like maybe she was like she she had his back and was like, "All right, I'm just going to use you, but I promise I'll save you." You're, you're thinking like, "No, she was like and she you're had done." A very medium level of loyalty. Like she wanted to hunt that thing. She was going to use him as bait. He might survive. We'll see. Yeah, I guess I guess ultimately she'd probably be willing to let him die too. Yeah, I don't think it factored in his well-being was not a factor of her decision making cuz yeah, he's they're all hiding and she's like, "Well, that scene where she was like, Shh, and then just whistled at the demon." I know. Like, yeah, like, hey. it's weird. Well, it's good too because he he does end up dying, and she doesn't seem all that phased by that. What's well, because he's the worst? He's he's I don't know. How he's made it this far. He is this, the worst in, in this world. I mean, he's like uh, like it's it's telegraphed or yeah, telegraphed pretty hard the whole time. He's just like not capable of doing so timid any of like the alpha male stuff. He's just like I can't like whatever. And we're not talking modern day where you don't necessarily need these skills. This is this is at the turn of 
human existence, you have to be able to do the stuff that is asked of you in, in these circumstances. Straight up just necessary, necessary for survival. And he- He can't. Nothing. He's got nothing to offer. So he does die. So it's not a monster, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's- yes, no, that, the, that whole story was leading up to the reveal because she's hunting this thing with using gear as bait. She gets a hold of it and like knocks this giant headdress mask thing off. It's just a, like a feral woman. But, and it's not just a woman. This is a Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not using that as a colloquialism. I'm using that as an anthropology sort of term. This is a different homo, mm-hmm. if you will. The, we're dealing, our, our characters are homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. These are like the homo neanderthalensis, like a different species of human, mm-hmm. which kind of gave the movie a, a time period, a little bit. And it starts to like get at this theme of like, like, who's the monster? And like, do we just, do we just fight back against things that we don't understand and we consider each other? And that's why they're extinct now. Who knows? But that is, I think, what the movie's trying to get at and whether or not it does stick that landing is up for interpretation. But I do think this is the point where the movie takes a turn. I think yeah. you'd agree. And I didn't like the turn. Did you not like it from the get-go when you're like, it's not a monster? Or did you have to get further in before you're like, all right, never mind? No, I, it got further in. It was kind of that like that finishing, you know, bookending narrative of what Bea thought and like how they were all just actually really nice, but then they murdered everyone. What, the 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 monster people. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna call them that. The other humans murdered people. Yeah, yeah. What do you say more? Well, it was very, you know, it didn't explain any of the motivations for the quote unquote monsters that ended up being people. It was more just like they were scared and we were in their territory. I'm yeah, like, like they so were trying they, to scare us away. I guess so they stalked you in the dark and picked you off one by one and shattered your jaw and like what. These I, points don't connect. You're right. It's like it's it starts. It, you can't necessarily bridge that gap totally effectively from creature horror hunting movie to where the movie ends up, which is that yeah, like these were decent people who were who stole the kid to raise him. Yeah, they thought they were saving him. Right, and and maybe they were. Like maybe they wouldn't have survived out there. It looks pretty awful to live there, but yeah. still, like I don't know. How did they do all this? How did they drag him away so fast? I don't get it. Yeah. And, and I'm willing to suspend my disbelief a little bit. Sure, a little, but like, I don't know. It just, it was so over the top and like ham-fisted with the, the message at the end. It just felt lazy. It felt kind of like lazy writing. Not to harp on like the young boys of this movie, but like Haran also not great. Like he could have said at any point, like, hey, don't, like when she, they're coming out of the smoke cave mm-hmm. and and mama neanderthals like st- stuck for some reason i didn't even understand why she was stuck there yeah she couldn't get out but he he could have said hey this woman's been taking care of me don't hit her with a rock and mm-hmm. instead he was like ah yeah don't just did what instead i said nothing and then yeah she gets everybody gets clubbed to death with a rock in this movie i mean that's really the only mo it's, in not, it's like getting stabbed with a it, rock I it's guess. a it's spear rocks. it's a spear a wood spear yeah uh, like a sharp like obsidian knife yeah or a club to the head. Those are those are the three. Or shoved off of a very tall bluff. Oh yeah. What do you pick? What's your what's your preferred way of to death? murder or to be murdered? Fair enough. I'll take both. Uh, to be murdered first. Uh, quick blunt force to the head. You want you go big rock? Yeah, that knocks you out quick, and then the rest you're not even really present for. Okay. What's your method of of eliminating your enemies in the time? Obsidian knives are so cool. They're but they're like. You know, they're like shivs. You like can a, make them bigger. Well, that's true. I don't, yeah. 
So you'd go obsidian knife. They're the coolest. You'd go chiseled rock. Yeah. Okay. What do you think the prehistoric prehistoric version of um, rock paper scissors was? That's prob that's probably where the game comes from. They didn't have paper, so or scissors. I guess it's just rock. <laughs> rock, rock, rock. <laughs> it's always a tie. <laughs> that's whoever swings first uh, wins the game. I mean, that's that makes sense. That's a that's a worse version. I'm glad we do the sort of rock paper sophisticated scissors. one yeah. today. Um, hey, do you want that last piece of cake? Me too. I just hit you in the head. Oh, rock, 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 rock you for it, baby. Yeah. Um, all right. You got anything else in this movie? I feel like we're kind of. Yeah, no. Okay. I, it was mids. It was, like I said, it was decent when it was leaning into the horror elements. Watch it at home. Skip it in the theaters. If you have time, there's better stuff you can watch. Yeah, I agree. What did I give this? A six. That's right. Okay, good. That's how I feel. Um, well, it's still not like terrible. So I was going to try to use that as a segue. Like, let's get out of this terrible movie and go back to a good beer. It's a fine movie. But yeah. I do think that what we have coming up next beer-wise is going to be probably terrific based mm -hmm. on what I know of this brewery from you and based on the first beer that we had. I'm really excited. So we'll be right back with beer number two, which is called Bird Point. Don't go anywhere. All right. Beer number two is being poured by our friend Johnny Summers. Um, thanks, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, you want to go ahead and take it away and tell me kind of what this is while I pour myself some? Yeah, we're revisiting Brewhouse Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. Their second beer is called Bird Point. It is an imperial stout that is 14% alcohol by volume. It is a collab with Horace Ales. This is an imperial stout, and it was boiled across the span of an entire day before it, it was, was what? I'm sorry. Boiled. Boiled? Uh, the, the longer you have a beer in the boil, the thicker it gets. And this was a whole day? Uh, apparently. All right. Yep. All right, keep going. Um, boiled for an entire day before it was an anointed by the sorcerers of pastry with flavors of toasted coconut, marshmallow, and East Timor vanilla beans. Okay. I'm I'm kind of scared, dude. Like, this is like, it's a frosted, not what you'd call it, but you know when, when the glass- Like a go, matte black glass? It's not even matte black. Like, there's, um, I mean, I guess it is matte black, but- there's a wine that is a very low shelf wine that I'm sure we've both had called 19 Crimes. Yeah. Um, do you know how the bottle has like that kind of sort of, I, I don't know. How, what do you say? Um, what is that? It's a really, it is a matte finish. I guess That's so. what that is. All right. It just yeah. looks frosty to me. Like it looks yeah. like a, like a, like a little frosty glass, mm -hmm. but okay. It's an intimidating looking beer, I guess is my point. It's 14%. Like you said, it's very serious and I like that. I do too. Also like really, really great label. Yeah. Um, for listeners, it says the name of the brewery and then there's an almost watercolor sketched kind of owl that is ginormous um, according, you know, compared to the perspective of this art and, and the owl's head sort of goes down into its body, which then becomes part of a forest. You can see the background and sort of shadows of pine trees. And then there's like a river at sunset and there is a person in a robe standing in a river, um, which looks sort of like this for uh, people on YouTube. There's the L. Mm -hmm. Have you tried this yet? Mm -hmm. All right. Walk me through your first experience. Very good. Very smooth. Um, a little bit more carbonated than I thought it would be or maybe should be. So I give it some nice swirls to kind of try and mellow it out because, I mean, normally I'd let it sit in the glass for a minute before I drink it anyway. And you just went... I just yeah, I wanted to try it really bad. Yep. Um, very sweet, very vanilla forward. Uh, the coconut I feel is is somewhere third 
It's in third place after the vanilla and the marshmallow. Okay, sure. Because vanilla and marshmallow run a very parallel course down the journey of, of flavor. They're holding hands, skipping down the road, and they, they do not Just deviate. Just a good time. They don't deviate. They're together. They're, they got the same vibe. They're just vibing. They're, They're holding thriving. hands like romantic style? No, like friends. Not this way? I would say like friends, we're, like this way. Just, I like that I think even people that can't see us know what we're doing. Like yeah. This is if you're not going to kiss. Yeah. And this is like if you're trying to go to prom. You know what I mean? Yeah. They might even be holding pinkies. Oh, that makes sense. I see them just skipping down the lane, you know, thriving in their lane, just doing their thing. And then the coconut kind of comes in at the back end to just accentuate in a tiny way, which I love that it's not overbearing with the coconut. You definitely get it. It's present, but it's not so in your face that it's distracting. And this beer has a lovely heat to it that really balances out the sweetness. Okay. So I'm finding it to be a really well-rounded presentation. It It's super sweet, but it has enough going to just even it out. I need you to drink. I, I haven't even tried it, but I want. I've been in, talking for so well, long. I feel indul- I've been. I've been imagining this scenario, and if you'll indulge me, I do feel like maybe the the vanilla and the marshmallow are holding pinkies while rollerblading, kind of down like an autumnal leaves falling kind of stream, and then and then the coconut comes by and high fives them. They're wearing heelys. I forgot about heelys until recently. They're um, so dope. When's the last time you owned a pair? I've never owned a pair. I couldn't afford it. You've never owned a pair of Heelys? No, I always wanted them. I'll get you some Heelys. That'd be dope. You you won't ride a moped with me, but you'd wear some Heelys? Because I can zoom around in private. I got hardwood floors, bro. I could be like Barry Keoghan at the end of Saltburn naked with my Heelys on. Just oh, there's an image I didn't know zoom I didn't want to hear. But... Just zoom in. <laughs> uh, I'll get you some Heelys. That'd be dope. Could you find it in your heart to say a little bit more while I can try this for the first time? <laughs> Please. I just talk so much. Talk some more about Heelys. Man, Heelys are dope. Uh, you don't know. You've never had Heelys. I've seen them. Loser. Do you remember soaps that just had the hard? I had Heelys. Okay, but soaps were like at the, the bridge of your foot where it's kind of a natural curve. They had a hard plastic like half circle where you could do grinds like on rails. You could just run up I to do a remember rail. This. Yeah. Those were so cool. I was skateboarding at the time actually grinding rails. So was I. Were you? Yeah. You were, but you were wearing your soaps. What if you just, you know, do it at the same time? Yeah. You could do like a flip up and like grind while you're holding your, your board and yeah. then flip it back under your feet. Yeah. Cause the problem with those That'd was always you would run up to a rail and slide down it. And that momentum is going to keep going. Like you have to land in a run or you're eating it. The right. Mo- the move would be to ride up to, to position a skateboard at the end of the rail. Some, have somebody up, holding yeah, it. Yeah. Right up on your skateboard jump off the skateboard onto the rail, slide to the end, hop on the new skateboard. That bro, we gotta get some Heelys and some soaps. Let's get us a video camera. And some skateboards. Yeah, we'll do it. That'd be so fun. I just saw two young men, probably 17 years of age, drink some more of that beer. No, uh, I drank it's really good. Okay. Um maybe 17 years of age. Skateboarding flatland style in a parking lot, just working on ground tricks like kick flips and heel flips and all that. Shove it's um no joke. The most legit Gene Co. jeans I've seen since I was. What's, well, I'm sorry. What's Gene Co. jeans? Gene Co. jeans were the jeans that were <laughs> massively oversized. That sounds like the jingle. The jingle. The Gene Co. jeans. jeans were the jeans and the jeans and the jeans. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, they were like maybe 18 inches around of jean material, denim, straight down. 
Like you, imagine bell yeah, bottoms. I got it. It's that, like my overalls that I yeah. wear for I'm doing horse stuff. Oh my god! Just pull up an image of Jean Co jeans. They are ridiculous. Oh, I don't. I can't really do. It. I gotta do. I'm doing this thing. With I'll this do stuff. it for you. Okay, if you do that. Um, and and mental note: next week we'll have uh, we'll have a feed plugged into our switcher here, so that when you're on your phone and I'm using the switcher, we can just pull up whatever's on the computer, and we can do it that way. Yeah, dude, they're so legit. Uh, pass like those me. are Gene Co jeans. Oh, these things! I know these things. Yeah, kill this little pop up ad, and maybe if I can zoom in, I can't zoom in at all. But maybe, yeah, that's that's for people that are on YouTube, and their website is like active. Like you can put those in your cart. Right, well, they now. feel very hip. Um, and thigh and calf. What's crazy is they felt hip when I was in junior high and high school. Well, I think it's probably done the the hip roller coaster thing, where it's you know sort of times yeah, like times a flat wheel, man. Sure. Um, oh man, did you ever did you ever watch that video I sent you by the way uh, about Russ Cole and all that? I haven't had time. Okay, we're gonna get to this beer eventually. Um, but before that, you yeah, told I, me to talk, man. I'm good. No, I'm glad. We're, uh, it's it's great. It's all the behind the scenes, not the behind the scenes, but like the director's commentary Ooh, on like every episode of True Detective season one, and which is perfect television. It's I'm on record. It's my favorite season of television. It's really all really time. good. Um, it's great. So it's like him kind of getting into the heads of the characters. You can immediately tell the guy sort of identifies with Rust Cole. Oh geez, <laughs> yeah, which is not oh, a good quality in a real real life in the world. I don't human, sleep, but, man. I just dream. Oh, it's good. But um, the whole the whole uh maybe hour video. I watched 45 minutes in the hot tub and I, it was one of those nights where I was like, I want to have a beer in the hot tub. And I either had the option of like, like a crystal wheat or I have those nights, but then I just cry in the shower like an adult. If you had a hot tub, you'd cry in the hot tub, but I don't. Well, right. So I did, yeah. but it was either crystal wheat or speed waste out. Obviously speed waste out. So that's what I went with. And yeah. I'm out there like cooking Getting pretty toasty in every sense of the word in the hot tub. And I got out after watching that movie, that video, like, this is the best YouTube I've ever seen in my life. Nice. I texted you after you sent me a really sweet text. And I was like, hey, I just read this. This is lovely. You should watch this. It's great. At this point. Beer? Yeah. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's it's really, really good. It's incredibly sweet. Um, mm -hmm. Almost, almost off-puttingly sweet if you're not in the mood. Mm -hmm. I... I am in the mood. I happen to be very much so in <laughs> the mood. I happen to be quite in the mood. This is terrific. Um, I love I love um, the vanilla for sure. I don't get as much coconut. You're right. Um, it's super viscous. I don't have the issue with overly carbonated that you did, but I'm gonna, I've only tasted it once, so I'm going to go back again. And the swirl really helped. Good. Well, yeah. I'll keep swirling it as well. But, dude, this is, I mean, look. just looking at it in the glass, this is absurdly just just. I don't even so know viscous. how much time has passed. Just looking at you through the glass. What is that? It's, it's Corey Taylor. Like forever. It's who? Corey Taylor, Stone Sour. Cor who's that? Corey Taylor, the lead singer of Slipknot, Side Project, Stone Sour. He did a song called Through Glass. And that's the song. The one that I the one that I was just yeah. singing? Don't yeah. know how much time has passed. God, it feels like forever. But no, no one, one ever tells you that forever feels like home. I love the song. Sitting all alone inside your head. It's good. It's a good, I mean, it's a good sign. That was awesome. Cheers, dude. I don't know what just happened. That was ridiculous. Um, for better or for worse, radio listeners, this is a taste of hot and bothered, probably. This is kind of how it goes. Uh, you know, again, yeah, for better or for worse. Who knows? That's what happens when you start with the triple IPA. Sometimes you sing Corey Taylor songs. Yeah, sometimes you learn who that is. Yeah. Um, I really so badly do want to go for my second drink, but I keep getting caught up enjoying talking to you. Can you say something I am <laughs> even singing less, just six songs? Say something else. Let's I don't know. Go, man. Do you know what any what's Horace? Can you tell me about like the is that a brewery? 
I'm, I'm guessing that when it says Horace Glab, again, this, this for people who don't remember, this is called Bird Point. It's a stout. Yeah, and that's kind of an homage to, to Horace. They're actually out of Oceanside. So they're like a SoCal brewery. Uh, they have a lot of like, I think they have some bird-themed beers. I'm not sure. Uh, but they're very notorious for adding elements of pastry where pastry don't belong sometimes. And their collabs, for me, are hit or miss because I've had a bunch that are way too sweet and they ruin it. Yeah. But then there's ones like this where they bring such balance and it's just a beautiful experience. So, But they make really good beers. So you've had Horace collabs with me, with Modern Times, with Highland Park. Oh, okay. They've been gotcha. around the block. They work with a bunch of really good breweries. The, the reason it sounded familiar to me, as we all know, um, Horace was an Egyptian god yes. that was often depicted um, – as, as an owl or a bird mm-hmm. head. Um, and I knew there was a tie-in. I couldn't actually, that, obviously I'm reading that from the internet, but I did have an idea that it was like, yeah, like an, like Horace and owls seem somehow related, but totally. maybe, maybe it's the brewery, maybe it was ancient Egypt, but either way, um, something of a connection there, which I always appreciate. Yeah, when it comes you know, to a beer Horace's label. logo is a guy with a beard with a, like a bird skull headdress with some feathers coming out the back, kind of like almost Native American meets Aztec. Yeah, which I feel like is none of us are Egyptian scholars, but like when I think of Egyptologists, of course, when I think of Egypt iconography, it's um, yeah, it's that sort of stuff. Yeah, very. um, What are the the, like the font? Uh, It's the hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs. Yeah, very like hieroglyphic. Um, Second drink. I mean, it's a lot, dude. This beer is a lot. It's a lot of good stuff is what it is. It tastes, I mean, it's the closest beer I've had that really does legitimately feel like drinking sort of like a like a Starbucks syrup that you yeah. pump into a coffee. Yeah. It's, I mean, you could add this to coffee and you got, you got yourself a morning, my friend. Yeah. For, yeah, for better force. I I love it. You love it? I love it. I think I might love it too. I am. How many drinks have you had now? Four, five, four or five, six. I've had uh, two. I'm gonna have another one. Taking small sips. It's really. I mean, it's hit, it's hitting me sort of in my my heart chakra. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. Um, really settling in my loins. Okay. In a in a fun way. Okay. It's, What's it doing to your loins? It's just grounding. Like I feel. I feel. I feel grounded to this chair. Do you feel heavier? I feel heavier, but like with with the weight of Egypt. In my bones. <laughs> what is happening right now, dude? Uh, it's a strong beer. That's what's it happening. Is. I'm gonna have another drink. But um, any negatives on your end? I'm I'm kind of scared of what's about to happen right now. It's never happened before. Can you be more specific with with a brewery on the show? Like, oh, you mean double tens? Yeah, I'm sure that's happened before. I'm sure it hasn't. We can go back and find out, but I'd be really You know hard. how many tens I gave out last year? I do. Um, it was you, like four. I think you gave out six. Six. Was, yeah. None of them were to the same brewery. No, that's true, but we've been doing this for more than one year. I would put $20 cash on it that I have never given out two tens to the same brewery in the same episode. That's, I'll take that bet. That is crazy. It's I, never I happened. Say, can you make sure that we follow through on that? Because we never follow through on this kind of stuff. Uh, the the w- w- weight of... Proof is on you now. The burden of the proof. burden of proof. Yeah, I've watched Suits. I know how courtrooms work. Um, yeah, okay. I I bet you, and and the ones that I think of, like I bet you, you've given. If we've done them on the same episode, if we've done two from the same, I bet you you would have given. Correct me if you think I'm wrong, but like, I could see a world where you give out two tens 
to beers from from Highland Park, um, maybe Moxa, maybe Great Notion, Ennegrin, uh, um, Ghost Town maybe could maybe, be in the running. Maybe Altamont. And we've done these breweries but a lot. I, and I know I've gave a 10 to Original Pattern before. Oh, that was a good beer though. I love those guys. So I don't think it's out of the question. I think no. I think I think I'm unlikely to win this bet, but I don't think it's impossible. Um, so we can follow up on that. And when I edit this, I will remind myself. And and you bet you that mm -hmm. this is happening. Negatives of this beer? Do you have any? Yeah, it's too sweet. It is too sweet, isn't yep. it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. Like it is near to perfect, but it is not perfect. It's still going to be an incredibly high rated beer, but it's too sweet. Um, it's. It is too sweet subjectively for you. Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be too sweet. Yeah. It's incredible. It's doing exactly what it's trying to do. Um, there's nothing wrong with this beer, if you ask me. Mm -mm. It's just huge. It's epic. It's I so mean, massive. It's so big. Like it's it's just it's it's pure unadulterated sweet beer alcohol goodness, mm -hmm. and it's a you know it's a lot in one glass. But I think it's it's just hitting that nail on the head so so precisely. I can't really fault it. It's exactly what I expected. No. Uh, if I were being really optimistic, which today I am, I so, love it. For you, Johnny, out of ten, what do you get? I thought it might get there, but like as I drink the rest of my pour, um, that sweetness just start to turn me off. And it's do just, you anymore? By the way, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I thought I thought you might. I just couldn't be sure. No, absolutely. but you still have a lot left over, dude. Yeah, it's fine. I'm savoring, right. man. Keep going. It's just yeah, like on keeping drinking the same pour, it it becomes a bit taxing to to keep going back to it, and it's a really difficult feeling to want to go back to it because it tastes so good, but also you take a sip and it's like. Ugh. Okay, I need to take a break, but I want it again. It's it's very conflicting. It's a conversation beer for sure. There's there's people who um, and I'm a sucker for a vanilla stout. I am too. I love vanilla stouts. That Highland Park that I had last year, I spoke about it with you off air. It's going to come up in Hot and Bothered. Best stout I've had in the last like four years, like by a lot. I'd like to try that. Yeah, but I got one bottle. I'll see if I can get another one. That'd be great. I'm sure, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't think he's an HPB member, but like all of our other friends are. Yeah, okay. So I'll I'm see sure if I can sweet talk somebody into that. Um, it people talk about food as like a time to to get together and sit around the table with people you love and talk about life. And sometimes like food is just like I need I gotta eat mm -hmm. and I need to go back to doing my work. But this is a beer that elicits the same sort nay demands the same sort of attention to the people you're with over itself because it's almost impossible barring a proper Pocock challenge to drink this in one go. Yeah. Maybe even unpleasant. I, I think the fact that we've sipped on, what is, is a 16.9 sort of size glass? Do you think? I think bottle? so. Yeah. Um, looking at, yeah, yeah. 1.9 ounces. Mm -hmm. So what? Yeah. 1.9. Um, just, I mean, it's big dude. It's, it's, Really good. Mm -hmm. It's really great. Um, I'm going to finish mine up. Do you have anything else you want to talk about about this beer? What an introduction from a brewery to the show. Because, yeah, first time our, on the show, for first sure. First time on the show, first time you've had them, maybe the third time I've gotten to have Second them. time I've had them. Oh, you've had one? Yes. What beeped? Uh, I don't know. Okay. But I think we're fine. Okay. Um, when have you had? At our, at oh, our event. That's right. So somebody, I, it was probably Brian again. Yes. Um, he brought a stout in a 16-ounce can. I think it was a barley wine. Well, oh, 
I don't remember. Sup. Um, but yeah, second time and first time properly to be on the show. So yeah. I'm jazzed. It's different when you're not at a share and you can actually like hyper focus on one beer instead of trying, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 or 40. Uh, it's really nice to get to hone in on this brewery and good God, what an introduction. I can't wait to get back up there. As you know, I've got family in Portland. So uh, as soon as I'm up there to visit again, they're on the list. There's like four places that I have to go every time I'm up there. This place like might make it five. Okay. Um, once again, you've been listening on Fresh Hop Cinema to the radio and us. What you and, got? And we're going to rate this. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much. We're going to rate Johnny this. Summers, out of 10 for this beer. What do you have, sir? It's a 9.3. Okay. Well, okay. It's too it's, sweet. Listen, man, it's no. one of these days, but like, why not 9.4? I don't get it. Like, why not 9.2? Like, what's the deal here? It's 0.7 too sweet. That weirdly makes sense. Okay. 9.3 for you. It's a 10 for me. It's a super, super great beer. I, Bravo. First 10 of the year for you. Hey, nice man. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really good. It's it's way too much. It's oh, an absurd beer. Yeah. There's no need for this to even exist. But I love it. It just does. And like, here we are. You've brought it to the show. Then Philip gave it to us. So I'm drinking it. Yeah. Good God. It's it's too much. It's And it's the perfect beer. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's really, it's really hard to end up that perfect. No one should strive for this, but if you are making this beer, I think you or, should, or this style of beer, like this is how to do it, I guess. You know. Yep. And Brujos immediately goes into one of the like uh, by average of both our ratings, one of the highest rated rated breweries we've ever done on a show. Yeah, I like mean, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's amazing. So super stoked on these beers. Hopefully, like I can meet this guy. I'd like to reach out. Maybe next time I'm in Portland, I can sit down with him and have a beer and maybe record a little ten minute interview or something. So I get on that. I think that would be a ton of fun. Um, and in case anybody listening doesn't remember who Johnny's talking about, he's talking about the brewer, Sam Zermenio. Um, Sam, if you're listening, reach out. If you're not Sam, you can also reach out. Um, maybe you've got feedback on these beers. Maybe you've got feedback about our thoughts on the movie. Either way, you can call, you can text 530-433-0839. Again, that number is 530-433-0839. Or feel free to send a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. Next week, we will be covering Argyle. Uh, set up Argyle. Like, what is this movie? It is a mashup of, like, it almost seems like fan fiction, but, like, this, we have this author who writes spy novels, ends up... Everything she's written in her last couple of books has come true, and she gets thrust into the world of international espionage by Sam Rockwell on a train, and she's got a cat in a backpack. It's Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah, is the author, right? Yeah, Ron Howard's kid, right? And it, it's it's like a it's a it's a it's an action comedy. I think seems fair. Yes, John be, Cena, very much in the vein of The Kingsman. Same director, Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, Matthew Vaughn. So it's got Matthew Vaughn all over it. The cast, keep going. John okay, Cena. Sure. John Cena, um, Dua Lipa's in it. Henry There's Cavill. Henry Cavill with Sam a Jackson. terrible haircut. Um, like Bad. this awful sort of- Buzz. Um, yeah, what do you call it? Buzz uh, cut. No, it's more specific. Crew cut. No. Yes. No. Hard, hard top? Something flat top. top. Flat top. He's yeah. got a flat top and it's terrible. Um, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Um, Sam Jackson. Is he in this too? Yep. That makes sense, I guess. Given this cast is ridiculous. Matthew Vaughn. It looks to me bad, probably. It but looks bad, but fun. It looks like a silly goose time, and I, I'm here for it. I I am too. We're, I mean, we're seeing it. Yeah. So um, keep going. Sorry to so, derail that. That's what we'll be covering next week. You should go watch it so you can listen along with us and have all the fun. 
As a reminder to our radio listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes the always unpredictable, hot and bothered, or if you want to go digging through seven plus years worth of episodes dating back to 2016, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. We'll be back on the radio waves of KZFR next Saturday at 4 p.m. So until then, uh, consume some triple IPAs and intense 14% stouts that make you happy and make your gut go, well, that's hot, but I really do enjoy it. Uh, again, if you enjoyed the show, you can leave a tip for KZFR at kzfr.org. You can uh, join us on Patreon if you are so inclined. Follow us on all the social medias uh, by searching Fresh Hop Cinema. Most of all, please do enjoy the rest of your weekend. And to those of you currently cozying up by the fireplace or sipping a tasty stout right now at home and listening in podcast form, we'll be right back with Hot and Bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, the part of the show where you on YouTube get a taste of what our studio looks like with our very underutilized GoPro wide shot. Looks something like that. We're using the wide shot now. Just for a moment. Better sit up and not do that. <laughs> We're back. Okay, here we go. Um, Hot and Bothered is where we veer off the course of our normal programming and we talk about things that have been going on in our lives, mostly for each other, um, to keep each other up to date because yeah. sometimes our life is very busy. We mm. don't get a chance to keep up. So where we make time for each other. Yeah, hey, don't say something like that and then not cheers me. You maniac. Okay. Um, Johnny, it's been some stuff. There's some stuff on your list. I'm, I'm really excited to hear about it. Um, can we start? And actually some of our stuff overlaps. Yep. So why don't we start with the stuff that doesn't overlap? Why don't you tell me about yesterday for you? Yeah. Super bowl means super beer. That's basically, I like that a lot. Yeah, what do you man. mean? Uh, it's a day like when you have – we had two people over to the house, kept it the most mellow, super chill, no big crowds, no drunken bar scenes. It was great. Um, made some good food, smoked a tri-tip, just quality, less people, more quality quant content as Love far that. as snacks and beer. Um, friend of the show – I think Chris Carbus, we can call him friend of the show. No, he's not. He's, a friend, he's, a, friend he's of not mine. a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine. Listen to our show, Chris, and then you can Honestly, be a friend of the show. He's a friend of yours. Yeah. My friend, Chris and uh, Gina, they both came over and we had some amazing food and he brought some private press beers, which is a brand new brewery out of Santa Cruz. Uh, and he's kind of coupled that with his Sante Adarius, Adarius memberships yeah. to where you can get down there and kind of pick up both. It's a really beautiful thing. Not but, a Humble Sea guy? Uh, he likes Humble Sea. That's, um, that's Santa Cruz, right? Yes. Great. And like, you know, if you're, because Santa Adaris has all the sours, right? And then Private Press right, is right, making right. amazing barrel-aged stouts and barley wines and stuff like that. And then you got your IPAs with Yeah. Humble so C. if you just need like a four pack to drink on the drive back, you go to Humble C. Let's, fi let's fix that phrasing. I mean, if you're not driving, <laughs> if you're the passenger. Let's say, just to do a little COA here, if you need some beers to take home. And drink. And drink at home. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're do. on a private flight. Yeah, of course. If you've taken your private jet to Santa Cruz, I mean, a great destination. Bacon's got a jet, so he just buys beers and slams them on the way back while he's being piloted. Perfectly legal. Perfectly, perfectly reasonable. I love it. 100%. Great. That's my um, producer coming out. So super beers, man. We had some of the best beers I've had in a while. I opened up a couple things. Uh, the highlight that I opened was a Highland Park Brewing uh, Luxury, which is a vanilla stout. That's the base. The beer's uh, called Luxury? Luxury. Okay. Luxury Vanilla Stout. Every version of this has vanilla. Uh, and we consumed the Luxury with chocolate and hazelnut. And it was the best stout I've had in the last four years. Like 10 out of 10, no notes required. It was a home run. It was phenomenal. It reminded me of what a Nutty Buddy would be like if it was made with Nutella. 
We had a talk one time where I didn't know what that was. Which is bananas. Well, it's because it's because Nutty Buddy wasn't always called Nutty Buddy. It turned into I thought you meant Nutter Butter, which I think you actually did mean Nutter no, Butter. No. Nutter butters are a different thing entirely. Nutter butters are a cookie. Nutty Buddies are a wafer experience with layers of peanut butter covered in chocolate. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Oh, I know. This, Continue. This is my shit. But they bro. used to be called something else. Uh, nutty bars. They used to be called nutty bars. Yeah. Right. And they turned into nutty buddies. Yep. Okay. And they're so good. Carry on. By the way, um, carry on. Just kidding. Carry on. Let me cut you off because uh, I have the untapped here. This particular one is a fourteen point one percent, and it says basically everything you just said. Um, and nothing else. It's a, but it's fourteen point one percent, which I think is really, really in line with what we're drinking today. It so. was a banger, and it had so much barrel presence. Like the heat melded with the sweetness. I bet if they put that um, bird point in barrels for a while, dude. Is there a world where we just add a little bit of whiskey to this and call it a good day? I think it's the world we're living in right now, bud. We don't have any more of this beer. Otherwise, oh, you still do. Don't drink anymore. Don't drink. Don't drink that. Okay. Don't drink that. We're going to do some science. All right, great. I'm here for this. So anyways, luxury uh, vanilla his, or vanilla stout with chocolate hazelnut was a mind blower. And then Bacon opened up uh, a private press double barley wine. So it was a blend of two barley wines that were barrel-aged. Fantastic beer. I've had been really lucky actually in the last like month. I've had like four or five different private press beers, and they've all been phenomenal. Uh, can I – have one, please. Can I, I try don't that? Have with you? any? I'm just around when people open them. Like the the blue label barley wine that Brian Gonzalez had here was from his private press membership, and we both raved about it. I don't remember that. It's fine. We were very drunk. We tried so many things. I wasn't that drunk. You but... liked it. Oh, all right. It well, was good. very. I, good. I'd like to try some more. I'll see about getting some private press. It's. We could just start a podcast membership. It's not cheap, but it's really good beer. I mean, if it's if no. That doesn't make any sense. We'd have to do them so often to even justify making it a business expense. No, because we could just have them at these events that we do and share them with our friends. Well, I say we – well, this will get into my hot and bothered. I'll say more in a minute. All right. We'll talk about that later. Sure. So anyways, Super Bowl, Super Beers, it was pretty rad. Okay. I – not related to the show. I had an issue happen. We recorded last week on a Tuesday. And on Wednesday – I had an issue with my relatively new van. Yeah, you my, just bought that thing. My 80,000-mile van um, started kind of like clunking when it would shift gears. And it wasn't a big deal, but I figured I'll get it checked out anyway. So I took it into the mechanic shop, and they were like, you know, everything looks fine, but we're, we're feeling what you're feeling, so you got to take it into to a transmission specialist, uh, which, you know, we live in a fairly small town, so, like, the earliest I can get it in is um, – basically a week from that day. But I had a gig out of town that night in Elk Grove. So I went online, rented a car from Enterprise, um, like a mid-size SUV, enough to take down three people with not a ton of gear. I was at the gym at yoga. And during that time, I got a voicemail from Enterprise saying, hey, you know, see, you rented a car today. Um, we don't have that car. We actually don't have any cars. And I thought, when I called them back, I was like, hey, what? Like I no, I assure you, the internet never lies. Mm -hmm. I reserve this car. Surely you have the car. And he said, we don't have the car. And I said, you don't have any cars? And he said, well, no, but I can put you on the wait list. And like sometimes people don't show up. Um, I said, all right, that'd be great. Are you sure you, have, you don't have anything? And he said, well, we do have a 12-passenger cargo van. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my God. And so I said, well... 
I guess I'll take it. Like I need something to drive. Like yeah. my car's not going to do it. So I'll take the van. I am, I am worried about the price difference. And he mm-hmm. said, don't worry about it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you for the same rate. So I showed up to the enterprise rental on, on the back of my lady's moped and she dropped me off. And I, I did read, I, I forgot to think about the difference in gas mileage between mm-hmm. a normal car and a four or a 12 passenger cargo van, which gets um, about 14 miles a gallon, which is not good if you're driving to El Grove. But what I did realize is that for all the times we've talked about renting a car to go down to Sacramento to do like a brewery tour with our patrons on Patreon, that's the way to do it. It's pretty cheap. You can just rent a 12-person van. Yeah, and we can find a friend of ours who doesn't drink or like maybe somebody's going dry for a while. I don't know, but – I forgot. I'm not supposed to drink that. I'm really glad you caught that. I just spit some back in. Well, that's not my favorite thing probably it, it in the world. It touched my tongue and then descended. Damn it. All yeah. right. Maybe the whiskey will kill the bacteria. You think I'm full of bacteria, bro? It's not a thought. It's just we are. We're full of bacteria. I know. Anyways, we can get a van and we can take our – we have more than 10 by quite a bit. We can take our 10 best patrons. <laughs> and I don't want to judge that by who pays the most. I want to just – the most engaged we, patrons. We could just judge it by who shows up. We could absolutely judge by who shows up. Yeah. Um, but we could take those people down to SAC. That'd be fun. Also, patron Brian McAllister lives down there, so we could just come meet us. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Like, and there's people, um, I think, I think most Jen of the Schuller other people lives down there. Right. Most of the other people who don't live in town live pretty far away. Like, we have people that live in LA. I know there's a couple of those. Um, there's a couple others that I think live in, like, uh, like, um, Let's see. Our friend Brandon lives in Idaho. Yeah. Is he live in Idaho? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he probably won't join us, but no. we could still go. I thought that was so fun. So good to know. Out of this negative experience, potentially came quite a few positives. Yeah. So that was my van rental expedition of of last week. Plus, you still got down there and you had more room than you anticipated. More than we needed. I think it's a win win. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Um, so the only other thing I have with you that doesn't overlap with you, I should say, is your show at Argus. Sort of overlaps with me. In a way. Top 10 films? Uh, I mean, it overlaps with you, the person. Personally, not the nothing show. Nothing yeah, on your list. Please talk about my show. Yeah, it was a blast. I came out, um, Flyers came out about a month ago. Hey, Max is like, I'm having an original show at Argus, and I try and maintain that if you're going to play a set of all originals, I will be there. Like You I, say it a lot. I encourage it. I celebrate it, and I attend it, and I practice what I preach, put my money where my mouth is. I showed up on a Thursday night, and- supported your boy it was a good time man it was very intimate it was indoors at argus so it was very cozy there was not much room to do anything it was a good night it was a good night it was so fun man you guys sounded great um newish band like a kind of a new lineup some people that have played together but maybe not with you or at the same time yes so it worked it meshed you guys sounded great it was a good turnout just a, a win of a night yeah, it was it was a fun show, man. I mean, like, yeah, like you're saying, like it was a band of um there were five of us, bunch of original tunes. Yeah, good turnout, like no complaint. Scout opened up. Were you there for Scout? Yeah. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was he was red. Yeah. Uh just like a really solid sort of back to basics like songwriter night that I haven't done in a really long time. So thank you for coming. Um I know Absolutely. other podcast people showed up too, so thank you guys as well. Yeah. Um maybe it's a, a sign of the turnout that I'm not going to waste the time shouting out everybody because we don't have that kind of time tonight. Yeah, there was a bunch. So thank you for showing up. Okay, for the overlap, Yep. what have we done recently? We recorded our top 10 films of 2023 just this last Saturday. It was the day after a, a bar hang that we did. Oh yeah, shout out to the bar hang. That was a blast. We already shouted it out. Fair enough. I think. 
we said we were going to shout it out. Well, done. Shout Did out it. done. Done. Off the uh, list. And it was a blast, man. It was so much fun. Um, it's nice to look back and like see what you've accomplished just movie viewer wise. Like it's, it feels like an accomplishment to have watched over a movie a week for the last year. Yeah. I think your number was 62, 63? It was 53. No, it wasn't. It was higher than that. Okay. Your number was, I think, 63. Cool. I'm pretty sure. I wrote down 53, but I believe you. Keep talking. Yeah, it's fine. Doesn't super matter, but like that feeling of just, you know, compiling what you accomplished as a movie watcher and, a, you know, part-time amateur critic, it felt good. It felt real nice. And uh, it was fun logging our, our top 10 lists. There were some surprises from both of us. There was some, some wild picks made. Uh, and it was, it was just a good time overall. And there was some holes in my 2023 that I fixed immediately. I watched yeah. that documentary. Yep. Uh, the, deepest the deepest breath. breath. Watched that immediately after recording. I think I watched it the same night or the you day did. after. You did, yeah, yeah. Couldn't not, you know. If it made it to your, what do you think? By the way, I loved it. Why? Because it was just such compelling filmmaking, and it was written in a way that kind of kept you guessing about a lot of things towards the end. But also, it was documenting some of the most impressive physical feats that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah, I'm glad you watched it. It's tremendous, and you weren't wrong about the 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 oceanography. Like it's so footage. good. I was wrong about the number though. It, it is fifty three. Yeah, so fair it's enough. okay. But loved it. So had a blast, and it led to me watching a great movie that was on your top ten list. So loved that man. I love doing that every year. It's so fun. Yeah, I'm wearing. Um, what year am I wearing? Twenty two. I'm wearing my twenty twenty two best movies that we do for the show. So we're I'm just gonna, gonna drink this. I don't need any. Hey, whiskey. dude, I don't need any whiskey. Yeah, but maybe I do. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, just wait a minute. We're almost out of here. Are you insane? I'm thirsty. I, I, I'm. I, hey, hey, you maniac! Spit it back in. I want the rest. <laughs> Don't do that. The point is, I'm going to make sh uh, shirts for 2023 movies. I'm stoked. So if people on Patreon want shirts, you can, um, yeah, let us know. I'll, I'll, I'll give them to you slightly over cost. Yeah, and you get to pick whose top ten you want. No, I'm not doing that many designs. I'm going to do an aggregate of all of them. Oh, really? You're yeah, not doing one for do. each of us? No, I no. Okay. No. Well, look at this. I mean, True. look at this shirt. Yeah. It's got, I mean, there's not a movie on here you don't like except maybe The Fablemans, maybe? I don't think you like, I the, like Fablemans. the Fablemans. Yeah, you liked you it. You just like, loved it. I love The Fablemans. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was my other hot and bothered as well. Top 10 films. It's always a highlight so for me. I love doing that every year. Um, cause we get a fun t-shirt and we get to, yeah, like kind of go over the year and be like, Oh, remember all the stuff we talked about? Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, I do not. Well, yes. And it's a good segue into us getting the fuck out of here. Uh, we're about to go try Pliny the Younger on tap at Burgers and Brew right here in Chico. So have, I'm, have you had it since that time? S since the time that we drank it together? No. Have they had it on draft? Yes. There's. Wait. Uh, did they skip a year? Well, so we so our YouTube channel yeah, got started that? years and years ago, and we did a review in fairly heavy air quotes there outside of Burgers and Brew around the back mm -hmm. of our thoughts on Pliny the Younger, and that was like, I mean, it had to be like 2017, 18 maybe? Three years ago. No. Three years ago, dude. That, well, okay. You're just watching the video. That's great. Um, I'm checking the actual date. Yeah, if you can find the date, awesome. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a different era for sure. February 21st, 2021. Man. Right a, before the world fell apart. Man, okay. Uh, no. Did you say 2021? 2020. Oh, 2020. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we haven't done it since then. And yeah. I think we'll, yeah, buzz down there. Buzzed. Uh, I, at least me. <laughs> you can drive. Um, and I'd love to try it again. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Uh, that I, was all I had. Do you have anything else? I've got nothing else. Um, we did it. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Everybody on Patreon, if you're looking for a sweet uh, happy hour here in Chico, check out the handlebar. Um, my name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to drink some tasty beers. If you're anywhere near Portland, go get you some Brujos. They are doing lights out work. Watch some stuff that makes you happy. We're going to watch Argyle, so maybe catch up on that. Who knows? Most importantly, yeah. just be good to each other. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.